Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Pop in the Hood podcast with Timmy and Will. Episode 10, Will. What do you reckon? We're in sunny Melbourne. Oh, jeez. That's a, that's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's about all of eight or nine degrees outside. But still managed to be in a T-shirt, though. It doesn't compare to um, the humidity over in Thailand. Oh, yeah. You've just got back, haven't you? Oh, Will, yeah. how's your week been, mate? <laughs> Week's been very relaxing. You can tell by my skin colour. Yeah, Probably man. I haven't been sitting in Melbourne for the last week. Absolutely. So it's been good. No, man. No, it's been good. So just been relaxing. So over you went Thailand. over to Thailand. You had a bit of a... Yeah, know, missus had to drag me over re- there. Reset. A bit of a Yeah. Because I like to, obviously... Yeah. Missus always has to drag me away and get me away from work as yeah. much as she possibly can because I, I kind of just get stuck in that zone. But shout out to Cass for... Yeah. It was very much a reset that was needed. So it was good to just sit back, relax, just really get the north point right for what we want to do for the coming financial year as well which is pretty cool so yeah um, setting some goals set some goals yeah set goals and just just get grounded again and also yeah. recharge the batteries yeah. you don't know you need it till you till you're sitting there and relaxing you haven't got the phone going off 24 7 with people yeah. needing you so Absolutely. it's good i think you know very similar situation here but this for me is a bit of relaxation getting away from perth you know had our charity ball last weekend which was my mind was about to explode with, you know, running events is crazy yeah. idea in itself. But, you know, it's good to get over here and clear the head and start doing what we love doing. You know, not that um, what we were doing, we don't love doing. But it is therapeutic. This is, this is therapeutic. It is. I love yeah. this. It is. And we get so, to meet great people as well. And we've got an we- absolute weapon here today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you popped out over there, mate. We'll introduce you here. So, ladies and gentlemen... Um, you know, this is episode 10 and mm. we've got someone that I'm really proud to have on the show. Um, he, he grew up in Ballarat, so country Victoria. Um, we're over here in Melbourne for our weekend of a few podcasts and he was more than happy to jump on board and, and um, have a little chat with us, mate. So mm. he's, an, he's an inspiring musical um, artist with deep roots in drumming. Mm. Um, what they used to call it? I think the trap set back mm. in the day. Uh, He's also a, a loving father and partner uh, to little Mars and Jen. Um, he owns a drumming academy. Um, I'll, I'll mention that a bit later on. Um, he also works with Monster Energy, hence why we're drinking the Monsters today. Cheers, Ooh. everyone. Cheers. Uh, he's played for multiple bands, um, some very renowned brands, including um, Behind Crimson Eyes, 28 Days and Unwritten Law. Uh, at the moment, he is the drummer for Bliss and Esso. So we've got our main man in with us today, Mr. Dan Kirby. Welcome, the lads. Great, yes. great intro. Thanks for the <laughs> rap, man. I love, I love it. Good, good to be here, fellas. Absolutely. And uh, what an incredible spot. Yeah. Wow, this place is off its head. Yeah, we've been, yes, <coughs> anyone, all the listeners, we've been, you know, we're out of our home ground here and we're, we're actually setting up and it's actually looked phenomenal, so... It's actually good to get out of the environment and just see yeah. what people are doing. Yeah. Because this helps us take ideas back. 100%, man. I haven't seen a shared space yeah. look like this Absolutely. ever so, so it's cheers cool. to it clay for having us but we're here with the man of the moment we yeah. need to dive the lads. straight in yeah let's yeah. go great great to be here yeah yeah we'll kick it off hey so, the honors will dan you might have heard a few of our podcasts but we always like to just follow the journey so mm-hmm. can you take us back to yep. when you were growing up in the household what was it like did you have any inspirations growing yeah. up um yeah absolutely so my dad was a drum teacher and a drummer um <clears throat> so literally from you know as soon as I knew what was going on, that that's kind of what I started doing, just copying him. Yeah. Um, so that's literally where it started from like two-ish. So dad was the main man? D- dad was the main man, had a drum kit in the in the back shed in Ballarat. 
and just spent hours and hours. Like it started slow and then, you know, kind of end of primary school, high school, just sat in there and just played. Just played, 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 played. Were you like at school, mate? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, pretty good. Academic. Got a, got a pretty good end of score. Or just street cred. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of street cred mixed with uh, academic. No, nah, I, was, I was all right at school. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, played up here and there, but for the most part, pretty good. good. Did well, got into uni and stuff like that, but didn't really pursue what I got into uni for. Yeah. Uh, music just took over. Great, yeah. Lesson um, in that, just do what, like, follow what you like. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? It's Very interesting cool. you say that. Um, I heard that you're an aspiring tennis player as well. Oh, no way. Yeah. How did you pick that up? Oh, gee whiz. Mate, I spent every day from, I don't know, 10 to 16 tennis. Like um, right. John Fitzgerald had some camps with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I was one of the better players in the state for my age, uh, up till probably 15, 16, and then... Realised I wasn't going to be Philippousis or Pat Rafter because at I, I think when Philippousis was fifteen, for example, he was the best player in the country. Yeah, you know, yeah, so six foot eight. Yeah, you, you go. Oh man, I don't think I don't think that's going to be me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, music took over and, and I kind of took it from there. I guess you know, like we often have some of our guests. They exp- mm. we we have a lot who had a sporting background, but I mm. think it's the principles that you find in sport that yep. set you up for life as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, we often mention about um, the disciplines involved in sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's great to see, like, you've you've followed, obviously, your passion. And, mm. and that's why I said in the intro, you're deep-rooted, you know, mm-hmm. in in drumming through mm-hmm. your dad. Mm. And, and what was it about drumming that led you away from potentially... Yeah, you know, I mean... I think you've been... You're humble. 100% correct. Music and sport are very similar. you gotta you got to practice. You, there's got to be discipline. You've got to learn. You've got to do... You know, there's certain things you have to do to get good and progress. So... At 100% teaches you that, teaches you how to lose, teaches you how to lose and win it and come back and win. You know, teaches you all of that kind of stuff. Sport's epic for that. Um, I just love them both. And, and to be honest, at, at that time, a lot of my peers were, were doing the music as well. And, and I, I didn't really fall in love with music till then. So I liked drums. I played drums, but I, I didn't really make the connection to music or performing or anything like that. I, just, I would just literally sit in the shed and play drums because I loved it. Yeah. But I didn't really connect it to music and bands and performing and that whole thing until I actually really liked music. Yeah. Up till that point, I just listened to whatever was on the radio. Then at that point, I fell in love with like punk rock music, yeah. Southern California punk rock music. And I was like, this is the sickest thing ever. And then I kind of connected the dots and then I was all in. Who was your favourite like, band growing up? Favourite band was uh, Blink-182 and Unwritten Law. Oh, yeah. So those both San Diego, Southern California Punk rock, yeah. just the, it was the bomb. Absolutely, I remember like some of the CDs that I used to have was like <laughs> yeah. Limp Biscuit, oh, yeah. Corn, Follow yeah, Me, you know, these are the things that got me going. At, I love you know, that. Um, back in the days, of, like Crusty Demons and all that, yep. all that kind of music. So mm-hmm. Blink One Eight Two are coming to Australia. They are. Yeah. Feb. Feb. I'm going. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, funny you say that. You've uh, Travis Barker. You've drummed with him before? Or uh, nah, no, I haven't nah, I haven't had really anything to do with Travis. He's my favourite drummer. He's your favourite drummer. Yeah, he's yeah. my he's my all time favourite. I guess it's good like, you know, you're so elite at being, you know, a drummer yourself, but to have someone that you also admire in yeah, the industry yeah, yeah. and the way that he goes about it, yep. um, you know, that that's pretty epic and must see if we can tear up a catch up. Oh, what is man. that? Uh, Get him in there. There's um just like anything, there's a lot of different levels. You know what I mean? There, there's many, many levels to, yeah. to everything. 
and he's, you know, sitting at the top and there's many, many, many levels between him and I. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's good to see someone like that mm-hmm. just crushing it in their own kind of way. Mm. And for so long. For so long. Yeah, how old yeah man. Oh, he'd be coming up 50. Yeah. He'd have to be late 40s. That's solid, but he's eh? just been crushing it since he was, you know, early 2000s, 2000, 90, maybe late 90s he, he joined Blink. Yeah. And the fact they're all still together as well. Yeah. yeah. And he looks all, like he looks amazing. He's just kept yeah. his, himself together. Like, yeah, the, the, he's a go. Yeah. So back to your journey, mate. So mm-hmm. when was it? Because you were playing tennis, going through school, mm-hmm. uh, playing drums in the back, backyard, to the backyard, the shed. Mm-hmm. At what stage did you go, this is a career? Um, oh, man, it took a really long time. Mm. Um, I, I really had no idea about the business side of music until I joined Behind Crimson Eyes. I, I really didn't know um, fees for shows or, or anything like that, how anything really works until I joined that band. And when was that? Um, oh, 2010 maybe, yep. something like that, 2008, 9, 10. And what uh, did that look like? So how did that journey look like from leaving school, going yep. about what you were doing yeah. to then what was the moment or what was the conversation? Yeah. What, what happened it, in that period of your life? It all, made, it all makes really good sense. So I was in a high school band. Um, and then we moved to Melbourne with Andy, yep. uh, my, my great mate. Um, and then we, you know, made a little following in Ballarat. People would come to see our band play. And then when the bigger bands would tour and come through, we would get the support slot. So that was kind of how that happened. Behind Crimson Eyes didn't have a drummer. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of reached out and right. got that slot. But that's like, a, it makes sense, that progression. You know what I mean? There, there's no like mystery or... Yeah. Um, anything about it? It's just like it just kind of makes sense that progression into that stripes and yeah, building. Yeah, pretty much. And and it came down to I did this really kind of really good drum video uh, in I think it was two thousand and eight. Investing myself cost a couple of grand and and just spent a couple of months working on it. Um, And it was a really good representation of how I played. Right, right. but made me look probably better than what I was. Like it was me performing at my best. Um, And then they saw that. And it's almost like your resume. It's, it's like this exactly is what Exactly your resume. That's why I still do them to this day. That's why I get my students to do them. Like if you can oh. put something really good together, showcase that's yourself. appealing, like people are gonna see it and go, Oh, okay. Instead of just an email, like, hey, I'd love to play drums for you. Hey, I'd love to play drums for you and boom. Yeah. Something like, different. Oh man, this, this guy's that's cool. Yeah. It's almost like putting your money where your mouth is, isn't it? It's especially it in that industry. Same mm. same with anything really. When you think business or even in any of our worlds, if we're recruiting, it's mm-hmm. you're looking for someone that's standing out. Standing yeah, out. Yeah, and, and action. It's like action. Putting, doing yeah. it, not, Initiative. not saying it's like a bit of thought. Yeah, and effort. Yeah. Effort. And, and yeah, so, and that was back in the day when YouTube drum videos weren't really a thing. There's a couple of videos on YouTube. And I, man, I should have kept around? doing them, man, because yeah. I would have been one of the first. Yeah. Is this video still around? Yeah, it's still around. Oh, we'll have man. to get it up. Yeah, yeah it's it's cool. It's funny, man. The fashion's hilarious. I've got like a big V-neck and a sideways blue hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's gold. It's gold. Yeah. yeah, twenty-one arms every weekend. Like, yeah, and, and it's you know it's old enough for it to be blurry. You know, yeah, it was yeah. maybe I don't even know if it's seven twenty. It was. It was. We'll have to less. search it up and yeah, get it up. That's cool. Yeah, but so, I mean that that's how that kind of happened. So makes sense. yeah, with that, like, mm-hmm. mate, I, we love to touch on the internal things that were going on. So, like, you know, you're obviously at school and you love mm-hmm. drumming and then you're like, well, you know, can I make a career of this? Like, mm-hmm. who was your support network at that time as well? So, like... Yeah, who, um, at that point, like, just family. Yeah. You know, my dad was obviously a drummer, so I'd always 
have him to kind of critique what I was doing. And he was he would be honest too. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. He would always rip apart what I was doing, like if it wasn't up to scratch, which was great. You need that. Um, and then like my current band at the time, Andy was was a big big guy for me back then, still is. Um, but that was kind of really it. And and I'd always lean on if I'd find someone in the industry I wanted to be in, like a producer or engineer or something like that, that had done really good things, that was a bit older or whatever. I, like there was a guy called Cal Tonyuma who did all 28 Days albums back in the day. I kind of lean on him because I know he knew more than me. He knew what he was talking about. So I'd take advice from people like that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And I still do that to this day. I still yeah. seek people that yeah. have done more, that know more and yeah. just... I listen to them for advice or I go to 100%. them for advice or feedback. I send them things. and yeah. Well, you're yeah. one of the most humble people that I know as well. And, you know, we don't know each other that well, but all the stories that come from other people is that your humbleness and ah, awesome. even you saying before, mate, about, you know, there's levels, but yeah. I think you sit on your own level, mate. So <laughs> yeah, don't hold your hat to yeah, that. Yeah, cheers, you know, man. So. But I think as well, there's something, sorry to cut you off, Timmy, but there's something to what. that for people. Hey? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Because <laughs> 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 I know you're about to ask another question, but just before we do, um, mm. it's just interesting, just for listeners, because this is what it's all about as well, mm. helping them out. What you're demonstrating there is growth mindset and it's being able to take feedback. There's a lot of people, unconsciously or not, that don't like taking feedback on. Mm. They think they know better or... Mm or whatever it is. So you got another guy, I think it's every single guest we get on, they mention about taking feedback on and they're all elite in their own right. Mm. So it's it's just it's, it's there for it's us. so important mm. and, and and you you wanna kind of not be careful, but you wanna kind of somewhat choose who you take your your yeah. feedback from. Like still to this day with Bliss and SO, like I'll talk to our sound guy in front of our sound guy who's out the front mixing us. And I'll be like, How was that? How was yeah. I? You know, even though I played and I know exactly what happened. <clears throat> the, like the differences between playing extremely well and playing well are so minute that I mm. sometimes won't notice when I do it. Of course. Yeah. Whereas someone at the front, he'll be like, "Yeah, no, you re-, like he'll be like, you smashed it tonight." And sometimes I don't, I'm not expecting it. I just, I just play gig and get off, and then he'll be like, "No, you killed it tonight." And other times he'll be like, "Yeah, you're pretty good," you know. Oh, yeah. He because he, he works with, all you know, a lot of epic yeah. drums from across the country, so. He can give me pretty direct feedback, and I'll listen to it. Yeah, it's know. called your feedback loop. Yeah, because so you're, you're right. It's like you don't mm. want to be taking in all the noise. Yeah, because that's when it's like rubbish. You, it's too it's much. Rubbish. It's too much, yeah. and then you lose your authenticity. Yeah, and then you could be conflicting information. So it's always like you might get feedback, but then it's ask your feedback loop. Mm. Like, hey, I heard this. What do you think? Yeah, and then they might just go, I oh, disregard and, that. And even with like new things I'm working on or whatever, I'll send it to particular people for feedback. You know, I've yeah. seen a lot of things to Bliss for feedback because yeah. he's like very, um, he's a- across a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like if I'm doing drum videos or projects or whatever, I'll send them to him for feedback and he'll, he'll yeah. hit me back with some pretty good stuff. He write the music himself? Yeah, Bliss yeah. and SO write yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's some deep meaning into what they actually yeah. like play, isn't uh, it? A hundred percent. They're, so they're like, very, their lyrics are helpful to people. They, yeah. That's Generally, they're kind of peace, love, and unity. That's the the three words they kind of run by, yeah. um, and that's what they're for. Um, and you see it in the gigs, like the people that come to the shows love them. They don't they they're not just kind of there but to watch a bit of a gig. Like they love them. Yeah, um, it's got spine chills then because you, you know the feeling of like when music touches all yeah, the yeah, people yeah. in that deeper core. Yeah. Like, so for them to have you as their drummer as mm. well, like. That must be incredibly humbling oh. because of the way you make people feel in a whole. A hundred percent. I always think about it um, like um, it's it's very nice that they choose me to be their drummer. Do you know what I mean? Like 
their music is sacred and, and performing it is sacred. That, that's the place where people see it. Like that's the most special place. Like obviously listening to it's one thing, seeing it's another thing. So for them to, to invite me onto stage and be a part of that, it's really cool. It's very precious because if you're off, if something's off with someone on stage, that's it's off yeah. for the crowd, you know. So that's really cool and, and, and it's great to be yeah. part of. Um, how, how do you feel when you play for them? Oh, mate, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Like some of the gigs we do are just ridiculous. I've seen you smile like halfway through. You, yeah. Like, you're smiling at the camera yeah. when it comes past you. Like, it's so fun. It's the, it's the most fun thing ever. Like all of the gigs we have, I have them locked in my calendar and in my head. I know when they're coming up because I, I love it. Yeah. I'm just waiting. So you don't need any like amping up to get No, no, no. It's sick, man. Especially when we do different types of gigs. Like um, we played with a Brisbane orchestra last year. So like... You know, their, their catalogue of songs redone with an orchestra, completely different experience. That was sick. Festivals, like we always finish with two songs, My Life and Addicted, mm-hmm. and they just go absolutely berserk. No matter where we are, every gig I've ever done with them goes yeah. berserk. Like, and that's because their music's amazing, but it's also because they're amazing performers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, normally we're playing to our crowd, so it's berserk from the moment you walk out till the end. It, and it actually gets more berserk as you go through, yeah. through the show always. Do they have a way to amp people up? Like, they do. Yeah. Like, just yeah. the way they interact, what they say on stage, the way we um, uh, musical direct our tracks. Like, sometimes we'll shorten bits, sometimes we'll do pullouts, like we, you know, they've mastered it and, and it just really, really works. Um, so is everything very deliberate? So yeah. Like, yeah, right, that's yeah, cool. It's deliberate. Yeah, you like know, the whole way through the show, it's like planned out, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to say. Pretty much. I guess yeah, it's over time as well. Things, and, yeah. yeah, things change, like something will happen. That, so know, that's something a unusual silly question from someone that doesn't know. But yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, no, it's, some it's bands aren't question. like that. Yeah, some okay. bands are pretty loose. Yeah. We, we have an, a, a, a little bit of looseness in there for the talking side of, of things. But in terms of the playing, it's all locked in. It's all planned. The yeah. only thing that's not 100% locked in is me and DJ is and we do a, a middle section when the boys have a break. Yeah. And that's, I call that 80-20. It's 80% locked in and 20% yeah. what we're feeling, which is kind of cool because... It gives you um, the opportunity for some spontaneous magic, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and then oh, we I feel it yeah. and then that, that resonates to the crowd. They don't even know that it's of course. semi-spontaneous, yep. but it is and it resonates. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's like um, I remember many moons ago now, bro, mm. you, uh, we had that 28 Days show. Yeah. Where was that? In that Melbourne? was in, at Stay Gold in Melbourne. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And you were rocking out the, the brainless, brainless yeah, it was on, on stage. But like I had the best night and it was just such a small gig, but, you know, like the vibe in there from, mm. um, you know, 28 Days and yourself, mm. just it goes to that next level uh, and you can feel it in the crowd. Yeah. So, like, I guess where I'm going with that is mm. when you're on the drums, like, you know, the message behind Brainless, it's like mm-hmm. being in the moment mm-hmm. and nothing, you don't even probably notice the crowd. Like, mm. you're just like, just how it feels, right? Yeah, fully. There's there's different times. Sometimes I'm really conscious of what I'm playing. Mm. Like, I'll get up to a song, a song in the set and I'll be like, right, I'm going to play every hit as tight as every hit's going to be perfect. It, that's the aim, yeah. right? And sometimes I'll be like, right, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty comfy. I'm going to throw in some crazy shit, you know, like, in this section. I'm going to go. In, it's like, oh, that's cool. yeah. yeah. How do you fit that in? Yeah, well, there's certain <laughs> moments where I know I can put things. Yes, yeah, um, uh, Yeah, so I play little games with myself. Like, I'm going to go crazy tonight. Tonight, I'm just going to throw shit in and just see what happens. and you know, whatever. And other times I'll be like, I'm not going to do much crazy stuff. I'm just going to play it exactly how it is, but make it as tight as hell and see how that goes. And it kind of, it's a weird thing. It depends because you hear drummers say, 
everyone loves playing chops, they call it, where you go nuts, yeah. which is cool and people love that. That's cool. But a lot of the time not playing chops is, is the way to go. Um, so I just play have, little games with myself. Do you have myself. a memorable, like, um, you know, gig that you've done yourself? Oh. Of, of many you've done. Yeah, there's, there's, the there's been, uh, I mean, there's been a lot. Um, a, a really good one was um, 2021 we did Pineapple Festival on the Sunshine Coast. Um, and that was kind of like the first festival during those year, that, those couple of years where there was no gigs. Yeah. So everyone was just hell bent on. Getting everyone out. was hell bent on getting out. It was sold out. It was probably eighteen thousand people there watching us, and that was our first gig in, in a while. <clears throat> um, that was cool. That was that was big. <laughs> like sometimes you go into gigs and 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 like I, I think about them for like weeks before it. Like I think about what what my kid's gonna be like, the color of my skins, like my kit, the lights in my kit. I set up, I have all the stuff polished, like I'm really into it, you know, and practice obviously a lot. Um, those ones are really fun and, and they're often when you don't have a lot of gigs around it because when you have a lot of gigs back to back to back to back to back, you're just more, more so in the you're routine, you just get in there, you're getting mm-hmm. the job done, you go on to the next one. Um, but that was cool, man. The, the orchestral That's gig cool. was, was really cool. Um, but there have been some gigs. When I first started with Bliss and SO, the third gig I ever did with them was in Newcastle. So the first one was in Bathurst and, and we would drive out in a combi. So they had their own custom combi. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's like one of the coolest things a band's ever done. Like okay. It's ridiculous. Start the show with like a video of Bliss and S.O. getting to the gig. They get lost. They get chased by the cops. They're, they're eating hash cookies because they've got all this weed. They, they rock up to the gig and they're like, oh, we're here. And then the lights come on on this car that they're in in the movie and then... It drives on stage. <laughs> it drives on stage and the roof pops up and That's DJ Isms in the roof oh. started like this, starting the show, the roof pops up, the car stops, you know, they drop the airbags, it drops down. It's a full custom combi. And then Sick. and then the show starts. So that was how I started with them. They're like, Oh, we've got this car we're gonna drive out in to start the show. And you're just like I think yeah. they were the first first Australian group to ever do that. And then they're just like, Dan, we need the drums. Come on, man. Yeah, it's funny, man, because sometimes, like, you know, the combi would be on one side, my drums would be on the other side, and the combi needed to come in from here, so they'd have my kit all the way down the front, and then the combi comes out, parks in a select spot, then they push my kit back, lock me in. So there's a lot of shit happening in the first 30 seconds. And and Bliss drives the car, and if the car... um, uh, if the yeah. car stops or whatever, if he, you know, yeah, yeah. if he stalls it, the show stops because the the show was powered out of the car, oh, right. all the, like the DJ decks. So the pressure's on, and we yeah. he nailed it every night. So we'd have to start, keep it going, keep it going, yeah. not stall it, drive to the marked spot, dump the airbags, open up, yo, what's up, Brisbane, well, or whatever. Yeah. It was the sickest thing ever. Yeah, these are the small things that make the biggest difference, yeah. though, isn't yeah. it? It's, that, like, it's experience. That's not even what I was actually going to talk about. I just got sidetracked. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so we, we did we did Bathurst and then I think we did Sydney, which was huge, but then we did Newcastle. And at Newcastle, Newcastle was the first gig where I started getting comfortable and I actually, like, looked out at the crowd. There was this song called um, Life's Midnight and it's about Esso. He's got this incredible story where... Um, he loved breakdancing and, and there was this breakdance called, I think it's Shabadoo from, from the US. Like he was the best breakdancer in like the 80s or whatever. And Esso used to watch his tapes and dance like him and stuff. And and the whole song's about Esso going to, it was either his father or his mother and saying, you know, his dad lived in LA and Mac was going over to see him and he said, I'm going to run into Shabadoo. Like he's a five-year-old kid 
and he had like a dollar or whatever. He said, I'm going to give this to Shabadoo when I, when I see him. Which, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, in the, yeah. You know, you would think. And then he was driving down Sunset Street with his mum and there was a car crash like in, in front of them and they pulled over to stop and it was Shabadoo. No. Shabadoo pulled out and Maka saw him and ran over to him and gave him the penny or the dollar that he that he told him he was going that he told his daddy he was going to give to him like so that's what life's midnight's about like it's about like having like a a dream or a vision and it actually happening you know what i mean yeah, so i remember playing that song and i know that that's what it's about for him i, I probably i paraphrased i probably made some mistakes in that story but essentially that's yeah. what it's about and uh, I was just playing like, and I was like, I was like choking up, like watching the crowd because they all had their lights on their phones out. It was the, one of the biggest shows I've ever done. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this yeah. with, with these guys. This is surreal. This, moment. This is pretty cool. And even for yourself, like you know, there's a lot of manifestation that you know this has done there to get yeah. that. And but yourself too to get into this you know spot. Yeah. Like you would have done this similar thing. Heaps, man. Like every time I listen to music, that's what I'm doing. And like, what did you used to believe? Like I'm going to be on the world stage. No, nah, I just, like, I just really. Just, wanted to do it yeah. and and i and i love it yeah i just really wanted to do it and um it's it's actually it's so hard to do like music's a pretty ruthless game like you could be you could be exceptionally good and not be doing it yeah. you know what i mean like you might just not have that link or the network or whatever to get in there or you might be exceptionally good and you might be playing for a group that you don't really like or or mm. a style that you don't really like but you're just really good so it's mm. a job and you're doing it yeah. i've never gone about it like that i've always i've only just really played with with people I really like, that that's all I've really ever wanted to do. What do you think? Like, that what attracts you to those sorts of people? Like, that that what character do they have? Yeah. Man? Well, it's, I mean, first it's this this I guess the sonic of the of the song or the band. Like, what what does it sound like? Does it appeal to me? Normally, it's like hype, pretty hype yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. But I love beautiful melodies and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of one thing. Um, you know genre like i like hip-hop i like rock i like punk rock that kind of stuff um but then also we we touched on like the message of bliss and so and like their lyrics before and and what it means to people like that that's what i want to be playing drums for i don't really necessarily want to be playing for someone who's just you know a lot of the u.s raps about them how awesome they are and that kind of stuff a lot of it's not but a lot of it is uh it it just means nothing so you know I, i like a message behind the music is not just a song. It means something. Yeah, you can play it with emotion then. A hundred percent and, and connect to people, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. And you yeah. get to do what you love in the process. Exactly. Mate, made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Can I ask a question? Um, yeah. I'd imagine in the industry as well, just from the outside looking in, there'd be a ton of distractions yeah. as well. Like you can get to that level and then you can get in a bit of a spiral pretty quickly if you mm. let the life kind of... yeah. Yep. I guess encompass you. Mm-hmm. So have you got any tips or what do you do to kind of handle those distractions to make sure you're always focused? Yep. Um, yeah, that's definitely a thing um, for a lot of a lot of people. I've been pretty lucky that I haven't really fallen into that too much. I've been lucky as well. Like I still work full time. Like I'm working at Monster Monday yeah. to Friday. I've got yeah. a drum school. i got things that I kind of have to show up and do. Yeah, um, which we'll get into that. That's, yeah. So that's I guess that's another good way to put the question. It's you've got compartmentalizing, you've got that job with Monster. Yeah. Cool, let's talk about that. Mm. Monday to Friday, but then you've mm. got to switch zones, but you also got to be sharp, yeah. ready to go. There's a lot of things happening in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you kind of balance everything? Yeah, it, it's it's relatively easy to balance at times, and then at times it gets hectic, yeah. and it's, it's really, really stressful. Um, 
but it's I, I just I, I just do what I have to do to kind of get it done. Um, yeah, sometimes you know tour obviously will take a focus. Uh, Monsters really good; they let me go and do that. Um, but obviously, when I'm touring, I don't teach as much because I I don't have the time. So I just yeah, it, it comes in in waves. What's in front of you, just tackle it exactly. But I always put like a B and E show right up there. You know, I always make sure that that's sweet. I, yeah. I never go out unprepared or... The priorities are there. I never rock up to a rehearsal unprepared or... Yeah. It's I'm always just good. Just conscious good around. To go. I think it's planning, isn't it? And just conscious around what's coming time. up. Time. you got to know, time. okay, I've got this by then. How much time do I need to do this? Shit, I've got yeah. a lot of work to do. I better start yeah. doing it now and just chipping away, chipping away, finding yeah. the, the hours here, hours there or whatever. Yeah. Night here, morning there. Sometimes I'll rehearse... I'll, I'll, Get up, I'll rehearse from like 6 till till 9 or 6 till 8.30 or something like that. Then I'll go do Monster. Then I'll come back in later that night, do more. Sometimes I'll do that if I've got particular things coming up. It's just not being lazy, is it? Just no. getting done. Pretty, pretty <laughs> much. It and it's yeah. just and it's always just pockets of time. Like I, I did a, um, a drum clinic in Melbourne in November and I had, you know, there was a lot of work to do for that. So leading up to that, it's like it's an, addi- an additional amount of work that I have to do on top of everything else. Yeah. So it's just like a busy week. 100%. And then after that, it's like, cool, I don't have a gig for a, yeah. a month. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. yeah. There's a term, man, like, um, you know, they talk about balance, but mm. like, I always use the word dosage because I think mm. dosage is a much better way to describe because balance is difficult. Like, mm. But dosage is almost like, all right, I know that I'm going to have a busy week. I need to load up mm. and I've got to go hard yep. and then I'll mm. structure some time in the back for a bit of, you know, yes. people call it balance, but I resonate with dosage mm-hmm. i think too dan you're probably not telling our listeners but mm. you you put 125 percent into everything so mm. like yes bliss and so is up the top but so is your family yeah so yeah, your of friends. Course. Like yeah, you, yeah you know so i know yeah. you know you look after yourself mm. you know it's, it's your health everything that you've got you know in your mm. life i know that you give 110 percent. so i think you know, Will was brought, sort of touching on the distractions of the industry. Yeah. Yep. You can get caught up in that party scene. Yeah. And you see a lot of people, probably more so in America, but it, you'd see it. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. see it, you know. And a lot of people deal, deal with that. I mean, music's weird because you go to a gig and you have everyone's yeah. bottles and bottles and cases of beer and booze and vodka and, and everything. Like, you could get absolutely obliterated every night if you wanted to, but then you got to get up and travel and, yeah. and do it all again the next day. And that's like I feel like I know it's not a young man's game in that regard because that can kind of be a thing forever, but like it's, you know, you can kind of get that out of the way in your 20s maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. not cool when you're older and <laughs> and it's hard, you know, and, and in a professional group like Listen, so you, like if I was getting wasted every night, like you wouldn't stick around long. You wouldn't be there. Nah, no one really wants to deal with that. It, you, there's too much to do. There's, there's lots going on, so... Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like high expectation too. Like you're yeah, representing you gotta, a brand. You've got to be going out and performing. And, and they, you know, I'm a, they hire me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm working for them. So 100%. You're on the yeah. clock. Got to represent and be on it. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about, sorry, Will, I'm just jumping in here. But the, <laughs> the like your drum academy, <laughs> yeah. like DK yep. drums. So I know yep. you do a lot of stuff with kids mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I love that stuff because like, mm-hmm. you're teaching the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, how to, to make yeah, how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing that for a while, um, probably ten years. My my dad was a career career long drum teacher. Yeah. So I kind of just jumped into it twenty fourteen, uh, and it's just developed. You know, I, I started teaching in my parents' lounge room uh, yeah. in Ballarat. Oh, how good! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and then I would hire out a studio take my in Melbourne, take my drums there, set them up, get some kids in, pack them down, take them back home. Like that's what I was doing. Then I, then I eventually got my own space and, and now it's, pre, it's predominantly, I still do face-to-face -face, but there's a lot online. Like, like during uh, 21, 22, yeah. uh, I just I built out like an online platform. So it's essentially anyone can log in from anywhere and learn from the start to very advanced. I've got a lot of stuff and thousands of videos, thousands like thousands of lessons, thousands of exercises, songs, everything. So it's it's quite it's quite a beast of a of a project. I started, I just wanted to do like a six week beginner course. Mm. It's like, right, I've got some time off, let's do a six week beginner course. So I started kind of developing that and filming that and editing that and whatnot. And then, you know, it was obvious that there was going to be more time to work on that. So I just kept going. And now it's just a behemoth. I've got, you know, I've got students from all over the country, um, every state I've got students, but I do have a lot in, in Melbourne and, and Ballarat still because I did teach there initially. That's the origin. So now it's more like people come to see me maybe once a month um, and then they'll go home and they've got the platform and the curriculum to work through. They know what they got to do. It's all laid out in front of them. Um, so it's a much better way of learning for them. There's many more resources um and it's just easier and it's it's easier for me a lot of time people just come in and they practice in front of you and they're paying you and, and i'm watching them practice which is cool for like five minutes you know but after that's like you, don't, you just you need, don't need to go home and, and work that. on this come come this is what you got to do here's all the exercises go come and see me in a month when, when you're through them we'll yeah. work on the next thing and it's funny, like, um, there's that old saying that, you know, the teacher learns more than the student most Heaps. of the time. So, like, this in turn, you would have heard mm. so many different people yeah. uh, recording through your yeah. online. Oh, mate, that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. I actually don't practice drums that much, like, surprisingly little. Like, the last few months, I've probably hit the kit twice. I've, yeah. I've had a few gigs, apart from that. But I am sending, uh, spending a lot of time just editing videos, editing student videos, listening to how they hit, listening to how they play, in turn makes me a way better drummer because I know what I want to hear when I'm recording them. Mm. So I know what people want to hear when they're recording me. Mm. You know, like I, I, he I hear the, the re recurring things that people yeah. could, could work on. And I, I mean, that's a pretty invaluable lesson. 100%. I don't know how you sleep at night. Like your, Mate, your mind just keeps like <laughs> banging away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to like I think um, Michael Frazier, the last uh, guest we had on, he spoke about like he doesn't like practice basketball or shooting hoops as much anymore because he's got to that point where he's an expert at. I think he mentioned was it like the ten thousand hours? Yeah, you yeah, become an expert. 100%. So that's the same with Dan. It's like well now that's not the best use of his time. Yeah. And he's using his time to give back and be prepared for his shows and things like that. So Dan, we've got the monster energy cans on the table we've got the caps on everyone forgot my cap i don't know where it is we'll have to get it after but i'll get you one yeah get us one what's what's the go you've worked for monster energy can you talk us through that journey how did it begin what are you doing now C correct so that. i've been with monster for, for nearly 14 years um uh, it all started and i'm in the commercial side of the business now yeah. um and i've you know i'm the second longest running uh, team member for Monster yeah. in Australia. Mm. First one's Jezza from Jezza. WA, long live Lord Jezza, and <laughs> uh, followed by me. So it actually started, I was playing at a music festival with Behind Crimson Eyes, uh, a band I play for, and was at the tennis centre and this black vehicle rocked up, playing loud music, like cool people hanging off it, like giant jacked up full drive. And turns out that was Monster Energy. I'd never really seen it up till that point. Um, 
uh, and then became friends with with the guy who kind of ran the music side of things, Jason Willie, still a friend of mine now. Mm. Um, one thing led to another. Started kind of working with him on the music side of things mm. as a drummer, and then um, became a part of the team, a casual yeah. worker, and then now I'm in the commercial side of the business. So talk to the listeners around the commercial side. What does yeah. your day look like? Because I believe that's Monday to Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So um, I, I work with our distributor predominantly. So a distributor is Coca-Cola. Um, they've got a sales force of, I'd say, 300 salespeople in the state across all channels, so pubs, supermarkets, mm. uh, convenience, you know, you name it, they're in there. Mm. Cafes, they're everywhere. Mm. Um, so essentially I'm the brand guy for Monster um, for the for the state. There's a couple of us. Um, and I was telling you guys earlier, uh, just a great culture within the Monster business. Everyone's cool. Uh, everyone's happy. Everyone's cool. We work hard. We play hard. Mm. We get around a whole bunch of cool events, cool sports, um, cool people, music, Monster Girls, yeah. um, why did you point at me when you said that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you like that. I know you, you've um, been to a few monster that. events and you're yeah. a single guy, so if any monster girls are listening. I um, I just wanted to add into that, Dan. Is yeah. like, obviously, you've got a vibe about you and, and the monster energy ethos and the brand that's been built from Rodney over mm. there in America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a testament to their character to be, you know, going for as long as they have but mm. continually you know, keeping up with market trends with, yeah. you know, the sports that have come yeah. into the market. Um, talk us through, like, why for you there's that um, synergy, like why you resonate with the brand because yeah. it's been 14 years. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, from day one, like, I just I saw the brand and, and what they were doing. I was like, this is the coolest brand ever. Like, this is, this is unbelievable. Well, I actually, when I first started, I had a monster van. Uh, it was like a black van with a big monster claw on it. And I remember getting the keys to that car and going, I'll never get used to driving this. This is that sick. Yeah. Like, how am I ever going to not get Top over this? Like, yeah. this is unbelievable. And, um, mate, and, you know, obviously back then the brand was huge, but in Australia it was new, so it was, it was relatively small. And we had to, you know, kind of educate people over here of what the brand is, um, you know, when you're talk, talking to customers and things like that. Um, so it's, it is incredible to kind of see where it came from as to where it is now. Um, it's everywhere, it's growing, you know, the portfolio of, of drinks is ridiculous. I mentioned before, like with, with Red Bull and things like that, like you think of their core skews, the originals, the, the no sugars. With Monster, we're in, we're in iced coffee, we're in sports drinks, we're in no sugar drinks, we're in full sugar drinks, we're in juice drinks. We've got muscle drinks over in the States. You're like, it's, um, we're just expanding across all categories. So the growth is, has been huge and it's going to be huge. So it's, it's pretty cool. But, um, at the core of all of that, they're just cool people doing cool mm. things. And, and there still is that core. Like a lot of companies, when they do get corporate and they do get large, they, they can lose that um, the thing that made it special mm. from the beginning. But we've, we've still got that and yeah. maintain that. How is that orchestrated through the lines? Is it because of the culture that was built? Or like, yeah, is fully. Is it the events? It's, it's, it's top down. Yeah. It's the people who run it, you know. Um, I've, all, I've often told my sales director jd that he's the king of hiring people like um you know everyone is hired a legend and and, and the culture's been maintained um we're professional but we're fun mm. so yeah i mean and obviously it ties in like bliss and so have tied in a little bit previously with with monster energy um i think i was telling you before so you met i met bliss mm. and so at a monster energy gig mm. um 
I specifically remember meeting Bliss at the F1 in Melbourne when I was playing on the drums. So Monster would always get behind me as a drummer, yeah. uh, you know, as, as well as one of their workers. Um, and that's actually where Bliss saw me play drums. And then kind of one thing led to another and, and that's how that relationship kind of started or that, that initial connection was there. Um, and I kind of had a feeling that that would happen, to be honest. I was like, if you're working for a brand like this, you know, they're involved in music and they're involved with the type of music that I like. It's generally like punk rock or hip hop or something like that. Um, and it happened exactly how I kind of thought it would. You're going to get exposed. Yeah, to exactly. Those people, hey? You got, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the hardest things is getting in front of people, mm -hmm. I, I think. Like, it's one thing to be something online, but getting in front of people is the best way to kind of get to know them or, or, or win people over or whatever once they kind of establish that connection with you in person. 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. And it looks like it's like worked really well with your like life um, ambitions and goals too. You know, yeah. it's, it fits so well into what you're doing and, you know, it ultimately it made your decision easy just to stay with the company. Oh, 100%. Like they've supported me through multiple tours where it would be so annoying like, oh, I'm off on Friday and then I'm, the following week I'm off Thursday and Friday and then the following week I'm off from Wednesday and then, you know, like they've, they've put up with that uh, and supported that. Yeah. Um, but you've got to realise the value that you bring to the company as well as, uh, you know, a, a musician. Yeah, um, 100%. It's, it's handy for them to have someone that's entrenched in the music industry that, that aligns with the brand, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it's, that's, that's definitely a unique position uh, and I'm super grateful for it because it's been a long time and it's only getting better, that's which so is pretty cool. sick. Yeah. Yeah. I like, <clears throat> sorry, I like what you were saying before around you start off with really good people mm -hmm. and you build from that. Yeah. Because we know Jezza back in Perth, mm -hmm. meeting you today as well. You guys mm -hmm. are not the same, but I can similar. see the similar traits yeah. And how that would be consistent throughout Monster. 100%. So it's almost like you've got to hire the people that are going to fit what you want to be and create the culture. And then, the like you said, it's the environment. And then the professionalism comes with that as well. Exactly. And then, sorry to cut yeah. you off again, but then it's what Monster seemed to have done really well is yes, they've started off with the core of good people, but they've created a scalable business. Yeah. So what I mean by that is then you've got all these other drinks and these other options and flexibility within the business to grow yes. and be flexible within the markets that they're in. Exactly. So it's quite a smart smart play. Yeah, it is. And one of the key things as far as I know when they're hiring people is are they going to fit in with the culture? That's like number one or number two on the list, you know, or, or number one for the commercial side of the business. Um, so when you said JD like hires everyone, they've all been a legend. Do, yeah. do you know like off, has he spoken to you openly about like what he looks for in a person? Yeah, hundred percent. Like intuitive, it's intuitive. Pretty thing? much number one. I, I, I don't want to speak too much on behalf of him. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is fitting in with the culture. Yeah. You know, it's a huge thing. Uh, I mean, which is a very smart play because if you get someone that doesn't fit with the culture and there's issues within the team, then there's going to be problems, which there never has been. No one's left Monster in like eight or nine years. From That's the commercial side of the business, no one's out. left, which is pretty outrageous. I reckon JD's steering towards the ten. I reckon he's got a ten-year goal up his sleeve. You know, he's getting pretty close to yeah, it. It'd yeah, be yeah. a pretty epic achievement. Like no one's left your team in ten years. That's yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Where's that? Where else does yeah. that happen? It's actually funny. <clears throat> I actually just thought of this now. But mm. Jezza, when I met him, because when I did meet him, was the same time as I met Timmy and a few others. Was I was in a management position, and my role was to recruit, mm -hmm. and I pinned him, and I went that guy has the attributes that I want within my team. Yeah, nice. And 
you, I was just never going to get him because yeah. whenever I'm never going to say, oh, mate, come work for me. But yeah. it was always, how you going? How are you enjoying it? Yeah. And it was loving it every yeah, day. Everything loves. So yeah. it's like, well, he's not going, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah. 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 So credit. With the big smile on his yeah. face right now. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. So credit to Monster yeah. to create that culture where even someone like myself who had the A-grade team in sales, we had a bunch of legends, very similar culture to what you're talking about. Mm. Still, he was happy where he was. Mm. So that's just a credit to Monster and yeah. the team that that's pretty much an unbreakable bond. Yeah, you and can't infiltrate that even as competitors. No, and it's um, it's just fun, you know. Yeah. Everyone has fun. And when we get together as a company, we obviously go over what needs to be gone over, and then um, it's just have fun. Yeah, yeah. Just... I think you know, like having the privilege myself to be at a couple of these events and after parties at the UFC, you start mm. to see the culture and. Everybody's just really like lovely. Yeah. Like they include you in conversation. Yeah. Like it, it's just a really mm. great vibe. And mm. I think that's another thing from the top down that's been really orchestrated through the company. Incredible. Hundred mm. percent. Well, shout out to JD. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam. Sounds great. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. The boys. Credit to them. Anything so. else you want to ask on that? Um, Timmy? No, like obviously monster. I live and breathe. But when are you going to get a uh, monster tattoo? That's the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny joke. Um, Nicole over there. And, uh, yeah, she's been putting the pressure on. Yeah, she's uh, always going, every time I see you wearing that monster hat. Yeah, you, you, know, need, but, you need to get one just above yeah. that arm, I reckon, <laughs> just above that last hat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, mate, it's, um, yeah, it's been, you know, I, I love the brand. From my like, background in motocross, like I've yeah. always watched it and seen it on the on the tough blocks at the Supercross and you mm. start thinking, you know, that represents something. It's it's more than just a brand to mm. some people. Mm. Like I don't live and breathe drinking Monster every day, but I'm just like, that resonates inside me and mm. anyone in extreme sports. And I guess, you know, my brand Brainless, that sort of comes from that same positioning of like, it's about a feeling that mm. you get when you associate with a brand. A hundred percent. There We do have some competitors here I won't name names, but we are, we struggle to um, kind of pinpoint what their brand is. Mm. Like with that marketing and advertising and stuff, it's like, what what is it? like? Whereas ours is so kind of clear as to who it appeals to and why it appeals to those people, um, which is very cool to work for an, a, a brand. Yeah, and I think, yeah. you know, seeing it now, like I've grown up playing footy my whole life. Mm. Uh, you see it at the AFL level yeah. now and you're like, wow, this is, yeah. it's, it's like, but it fits. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits because it's yeah. like... Yeah, I just see it was ma- massive marketing like ploy. That's incredible yeah. what they've done. They've done incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. Epic stuff, guys. So from here, should we jump into back into Dan and his individual success and what he feels has contributed to that success? So, Timmy, did you... Yeah, yeah, you send him through the other Send him through? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal, cool. but I'll let him roll through yeah. the list. Um, he's actually got seven, which I love it when you say he yeah. five and he's got seven. <laughs> love that. that. A little bit goes extra. A little bit extra and it's in you know one of his points. So, Dan, let us hear it, bro. Um, okay, number one, I've, I've written down great family and friends. Now, I mean, you can't choose your family. I've been lucky. I've, I've got a great family. So that's, I mean, very important. You can choose your partner, obviously, um, which I've been very good at. Uh, so how, uh, how long have you been with your... So nearly 10 years. Yep. Yeah, quite, quite a while, but she's been obviously very supportive with, with what I've done and it'd be pretty annoying going out with me. Um, you know, I'm always going away and playing gigs and it's late nights and it's it's quite a selfish... It's quite a selfish industry, music industry, because it's all kind of about you yep. and your time and you're away and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And yeah, so to be uh, patient enough to put up with someone 
that mm. does that is 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 very important. Um, so grateful for that. And, and I, sorry to cut you off, Dan. Yeah. I think how important is it because you see someone you might know people where mm. they don't pick the right partner, mm. and it really affects their everything, like their mm. professional life. More importantly, because mm. whether it's say in your world, it's giving you a hard time for being in another city for mm. I don't know, a week, or if there is any travel involved, it's mm. just not feeling like you've got those chains around your ankle and it's mm. more of a supportive team. Mm. But yeah, I think that's where it becomes really obvious where you, you see someone that picks the wrong partner, how much that actually is detrimental to their success and their career. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you've got the right one, I think that's, it's, you're right, that should be number one. It's key. Mm-hmm. If, if it wasn't right, it wouldn't, wouldn't last long. I've, um, I just want to jump in here. Obviously, you know, I'm still single, but, <laughs> you know, waiting for the right one to come along. But it, this really interests me is because... You know, you guys have both been in 10-plus-year relationships. It's like that ability to stick with you through, you know, Dan, you're always travelling. You're mm. always doing – and you said earlier, like, you, if you're not doing something else, you're growing in another area. And, like, mm. is it – I don't know, how, how does that – like, how do you work on that dynamic with your partner? Like, how they is – it, is it a give and take or is it – how does it work, mm. you know? I'll let Dan go first. Yeah, yeah I think it's just um, – being aware of it for a start and <clears throat> just trying not to be selfish with your time. Like I know I'm away all weekend. So, so when I come back, like I'll look after our son, you know, and let Jen go do what she's got to do. And even though I'm knackered cause I've been up till two playing drums and then up at six and flying back home, you just, you know, cop it. You, you got to just kind of share it yeah. around a little bit. So that, I think that's a, that's a big one. Just kind of being aware of it and, and helping out where you can. Yeah. Great point. I think also is, getting your partner on board and being on board with the vision of the, your family mm. or as a couple mm. of what you're trying to achieve. Mm. Like for example, when I was over just on that break with Cass in Thailand, we spent mm. a dedicated period of time working out what do we want to achieve together over the next 12 mm. months, both both in our health, mm. in our financial and in our careers and personal. Mm. And we actually wrote it down on a notepad and now we've got those goals stuck in our fridge yeah. together. Awesome. Cool. So it's like, then everything I'm doing, she goes, oh, you better get home and start listing some more homes then, hey? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So now she's on board with what's required to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then if there's ever a moment where you go off track as a couple or maybe she's having a bad day or I'm having a bad day, it's, hey, let's bring ourselves back to what's that goal, what's that thing on the fridge that we're working Mm -hmm. towards? And then that gets us back on the same page. Mm -hmm. But also I think, so that's number one, then number two, it's what's the thing you guys are looking forward to together? So mm. do you book in a holiday <coughs> every six months or <coughs> sorry guys, or every 12 yeah. months mm. for something for you but also for her to look forward to yeah. so you've got something? Mm. Cassie's an epic planner so she's busy like planning the Europe trip next year nice. or something like that. So it yeah. just keeps her yeah, yeah. like that thing to look forward to yep. with you and then as long as you're present with her because mm. that's key, like you can't be – like I spent maybe an hour every day, if that, on mm. the emails in the morning. But then after that, it was laptop down, present, doing whatever we're doing together. Mm-hmm. So I think those are always important. Definitely. Timmy, when you get in that relationship, mate, just yeah, some key, key tips. I've got them written down now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I know what yours will be. Yours will be like, go to the Monster Energy UFC with me. Yeah. <laughs> go to the Monster Energy V8 supercars with me. <laughs> Help me wash my motorbike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, no, why should we ride my motorbike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's more to be concerned. We're just seeing how many times we can mention Monster. Yeah. In the <laughs> yeah. 
there's a free can for every time. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, so you've got about a slab. Yeah. So that was number one. So, yep. Number two? Uh, number success. two. Yes, number two. What have yeah, I got vision. here, Timmy? What have I jotted down, mate? Vision. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I was telling you guys earlier. Um, vision is a few things. Vision is... Um, one, obviously having goals and, and, and whatnot and working towards them. Um, and I, I was mentioning earlier, sometimes you feel like, well, I feel like sometimes I can potentially get stuck in kind of what's just immediately in front of me. Um, and what I mean by that is like what's surrounding you currently. Like, how, like, you know, if we're talking gigs, if we're talking drum school, like what are the barriers, you know, where, where my head's currently at and how do I get outside of that and try to think on a, on a larger scale um, so when I'm talking vision, I'm talking about kind of dreaming bigger than what what is immediately comprehensible. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you want to dream bigger and always work towards something. I've got to work towards things. Mm. It's um, I'm not happy if I'm not working on something or wor- working towards something that excites me. Massive. Yeah. So that's that's a huge one, vision. And with that, you need circles back to the first one you need people in your corner like mates or, or people who do similar things to you that are trying to do extraordinary things you need to be able to talk to those people and get tips and relate to someone because a lot a lot of people aren't necessarily doing that so it's, you can't really talk to them about it so you need those people that are doing that you can talk to you can learn from you can tell them what you're trying to do mm. without sounding like a bit of a wanker yeah. you know sometimes if you just sit there and talk about all these dreams and aspirations you have someone who who might not relate because they might be kind of in a different field or whatever it's, it's funny it's, yeah Bang. That, that is yeah you're mentioning to me last night when we were out for dinner oh, around yes. you get that feeling sometimes when you're explaining your vision mm. and what you're running towards people don't get it That's, yeah he's, I, I often just don't tell people i'll like they're what are you up to i'm like oh not, not much yeah but you know, you kind of pick and choose where you, where you drop that stuff because some, you know, some people take it on and they, they get behind it and like, fuck yeah, that's sick. I'm doing this and yeah. um, and that's that's cool. I'm lucky to have people to be able to share that with. I, I know that some people wouldn't necessarily have that or have it easily accessible to them. But I think if you just look past the barrier, there's going to be someone there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put it out there or come back. And it makes you um, accountable too. Like if you're, if you're telling someone that you respect what you want to be doing, you kind of – it's out there, you know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to look like one of those people who just talks about what they're going to do and never do it. Yeah. 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 100%. So vision, yeah. But, man, always kind of just dreaming up things. Mm. Mm. Even if you – it's going back to that accountability, isn't it? It's yeah. who can you attach yourself to that's going to hold you accountable. Mm. might be as simple as being your partner. Mm. And I'll keep going back, but let's just bring it up now, back mm. with that conversation with me and Cass around our goals. Mm. Now we have a monthly accountability meeting. Oh, nice. Like, so accountability. <laughs> Seems lost the, it. The, <laughs> the perks, can't believe it. The perks of being with an ex-sales manager. <laughs> so, yeah. so now we're going to do an accountability meeting. Mate, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Well, so, yeah, so we're going to go through like um, financials, uh-huh. uh, see where she's been spending money, where I've been spending money, not to hold each other like, you're spending too much money on this. Like it's mm. not like that. It's Checking. keeping account because mm. then it's not so much. You think about from the first of the month mm. when you're making decisions throughout the month. You're always got that in your mind that well, I'm going to be having a catch up with my partner on the thirtieth or the first of next month. I'm not going to spend that on that because it just brings your focus back to the mm. goal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because half time it's not that you don't mean to, it's just mm. you forget or you're not yep. you're not back on track with the goal. That's all it is. And then you get a month down the track and you've just wasted X amount of dollars when mm. you didn't need to because you weren't yeah. thinking when as soon as you start to tap that card, it's like is this towards our goal or is this needed? Yeah. <clears throat> so all those little things, that accountability doesn't have to be a partner, it can be a friend, mm. whoever. Exactly. Coach, mentor. Yep. Exactly. Great. Third Great. one was be consistent. So uh, I think I mentioned this earlier today before the chat. Um, you know, a lot of people will come in hot. I see it all the time at the drum school. People come in hot. I want, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they'll come in hot for a couple of weeks and then they just lose focus or um, it gets hard or whatever and then they just kind of drop off and then they'll fire up again in another six months. But, yeah, I, I feel like you just really need to be consistent. And, and I remember even back in the day before I was in Behind Crimson Eyes or anything like that, I was in my high school band and... And I used to get frustrated because I felt like I could be doing or should be doing more, but I wasn't. I wasn't like doing the shows I wanted to do and I just didn't know how to do it. And mm. I made a rule every day, like I was at uni, but I made a rule, like I'll, I'll do something every day for, for my drumming like, and my band. Like whether it's um, sending MySpace messages to bands that we could support or yeah. whether it was writing to booking agents or writing to venues or uh, writing a song or writing a drum beat or doing something I was my, my idea was as long as is if the, you just do something every day mm. you're gonna get further ahead and it's proven true and I still do that to this day not necessarily because that's what I think I have to do something every day but I just do something every day because now I'm busy with it so I have I to have do it. something you have to do it yeah and if I'm not doing something I make myself do something because yeah. I, I just feel uneasy if I'm not kind of mm. moving forwards in some direction whatever it is I'm working on how do you feel about because I struggle with it mm. and I know Will we've spoken about this but like resting yeah <laughs> um, like they say yeah it's part of it but far out yeah life yeah. short even on I just went to Bali for a couple of weeks and even over there I was getting antsy I was making calls and, and doing stuff but sometimes I, it is good to just kind of go away because I, I feel like it fires you up for when you come back yeah. mm. you know what I mean um, and I do I feel refreshed now that I'm back into mm. it um but I tell you what, having a having a child is a, a complete game changer, and we haven't discussed this too much. But um, you know, but before I was a father, I pretty much always had time. You know what I mean? Like get up early, go to the gym, drum, monster, drum school, mm. you know, gig, whatever. When when there's a when you have a child, it it um, you know the, your time changes. It's it's and it was quite an adjustment to kind of get used to. Um, and that kind of because you're just so busy, you, you've got to you've got to help out. He's he's running running the market home. He's he's living the dream. But you got to be kind of you know looking after him or give the missus a break or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been interesting, man. Because there's a lot of time where I'm not working because I'm looking after him. Mm-hmm. So you, but it's kind of changed the way that I work because when I do have periods of time to work, I really lock it you in push hard. And, and get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, almost like sharpens up your time management. It kind of does be, because you don't have unlimited time. You know what I mean? You don't have unlimited time to do what you want to do. You've only got, I've got an hour and a half after. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So so that's been an adjustment, but um, that kind of comes back to, to resting, I guess, yeah, in terms yeah. of time management. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for touching on it because it's just something that I always, like internally, I go, I want to rest. My body's telling me I need to rest, but my mind's just like, keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah, you just want to be doing stuff. Doing stuff. Yeah. But maybe there's another way. I also think that with that, um, 
you know, I think some people work and, and it is work and I think some, some people work, it's not really work, it's fun. Mm. Like my work's fun. Yeah, so yeah, like, so there you go. It's I, I want to be like doing yeah. drums or editing drum videos or whatever it is, building on the website or something like that. Like yeah. it's fun. I was watching the founder of Culture Kings, oh, yeah. Simon. I think he yep. lives on the Gold Coast. He um, was doing a talk just on his Instagram, just like a Q&A. And someone asked him around balance with his wife and things like that. And she, I think she's on board with him doing it. Mm -hmm. And he said, I just picked, I had a, again, I think everything we mentioned, got her on board and as a team, what we're gonna, mm -hmm. what we're gonna achieve. And they just said, for the next five years, the balance, there is no balance. Like, and I'm only saying this because actually directly at you, is you're in your stage where you're trying to build something, where you're not like everyone else who has a Monday to Friday or, you know, they can take the foot off the pedal because they have the wage coming in. For you, it's like if you don't want to go back to mining, you have a five-year window you need to commit and go every day I need to be running towards this goal because on the other side of that is something that you mentioned before, no one else has achieved. So you need to do things that other people aren't doing and it's ruthless, I know, and it's, mm. you still need to find time in between that to be able to back off the pedal and recharge. But Simon, what he was saying is those five years, me and my wife, we just committed every single day. Was we onto something good here? Let's mm. just commit, and we'll be able to live life golden on the other mm. side of it. And not, not it won't pay off for everyone. Like mm. that's the whole point of success. Like mm. you shoot your shot. At least as long as you shoot your shot, that's probably my best advice to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. That's solid. Mm. Now, what have I written? Number. Are we up to three? Four. Four. Health. Our health. Again, um, without health, you've got nothing, right? Uh, I think, um, you know, um, when you're healthy, you have the luxury of choosing to do things or wanting to do things. Um, you're able to go to the gym. You're able to work on this. You're able to work on that. You're able to have a side hustle. You're able to do whatever. But, but as soon as you don't have that um, and your health is in, in a really bad way, it's, it's all over. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know healthy yourself, body, healthy mind. As soon as you have like a, a pain somewhere, yeah, it's like your mind goes away from what you're doing to the pain straight mm. away. It's one of these mm. things, isn't it? So we we're talking about it earlier. Hey, it's that saying of a healthy person has a million wishes, mm. an unhealthy person has one mm. to be healthy. Yeah. Mm. So it's that's got to be right at the top of your tree, looking after yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're especially exactly you know, right. responsibilities as a parent as well. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure that you're in top mm. top shape for Mars and, and Jen, you know? Yeah. And but everyone even, else. Even like attracting what you're attracting to yourself, like mm. with who you get to perform with and how mm. you got yourself to where you are and where you got your heading, Timmy, it's if you were overweight, mm. sloppy, mm. not looking after yourself, you had a donut on the table there, mm. <laughs> would people want to do it sounds pretty yeah. kind of materialistic or superficial, but it's that is what it is. Like if I'm looking at someone, I've got a fit, healthy person and I'm choosing to do business with someone and there's someone mm. over here not looking after themselves, I'm going to go with the one that's looking after mm. himself. Because to me, the way you look after yourself is how you work and shows your, mm. your discipline and your consistency and what you're about. Mm -hmm. So it might sound bad, like I'm not saying you wouldn't do business with someone that's mm. overweight and unhealthy, but mm -hmm. if I had the choice, I know mm. what characteristics I'd be going for with someone. Mm. So that's where you end up being so yeah. successful, like if you would be sitting on the drums with Bliss and Esso at all these crazy events, yeah. if you were kind of not looking after yourself, if you're sloppy, yeah. all those things. just wouldn't be as fun. 
you know. Yeah. What, what do we got? Number five. I'm on it. <laughs> Be cool. Be cool, okay. Yeah, I really want to know. So just for the listeners, like I looked at this and thought, yeah, well, I understand it, but mm. I want you to describe it to what you think Be mm-hmm. Cool means mm-hmm. and, and how that relates to being Yeah, successful. so I'll use it as an example. Um, we were talking earlier before about the Masked Wolf shoot for Jimmy Fallon, which was epic. I played drums on that. Mm. And... Um, you asked me how I got that, and I and I got that because I was friends with the director. Uh, I'd worked with him a lot previously with Bliss and Esso. He worked for Bliss and Esso years ago. That's when I met him. Um, he's kind of gone on to do a whole bunch of awesome things, including that particular shoot. Um, and, and what happened with that is Master Wolf's people obviously put out a, um, <clears throat> a note to, say, five production companies, said, we've got to come up with this shoot. It's going to be this, this, and this. What have you got? Right, write up a, you know, pitch basically, and uh, and he wrote me into the pitch because they obviously said they wanted a drummer. And he's like, oh no, DK, he's cool. I've worked with him. Let's write him in. So that's kind of where that came from. And be cool is like, you know, just be cool with everyone you work with and, and everyone you interact with because you never know. One, just because that's kind of how I am. I'm just pretty nice. And um, two, it, it comes back and, and, and helps you out down the track with particular things in certain ways you mightn't even know or, or think of at the time. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. like, I fully agree and thanks for, um, you know, exposing that, mm. elaborating on that um, because, like, we're sitting in this room now because of mm. Cameron Schwab um, who we were supposed to have in this morning but he mm. had to pull out for personal reasons. But we've got this room, an incredible facility, Mm. I shared an office space with him on Collins Street many years ago. Mm. So, like, it just proves that, like, being a good person and, you know, never burning any bridges and always mm. treating people with respect, it comes around again. And it's yeah. incredible. Mm. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You mentioned being easy to work with as well. Yeah. Like, I like that saying. It, all, it goes in part with being cool. Like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, again, going who you're going to choose to work with. It's yep. someone oh, that's, yeah. you can tell they're easy to work with. Mm. Like, you, you remember, someone to them the most important thing is an easier lifestyle an mm. easy or an easier work life so if you're going to pick between two people mm. you're going to pick between someone that you know is going to get the job done and it's easy to work with yeah so if you're going to see they're complaining and yeah, whinging yeah. about certain things and being super pedantic yeah versus someone that's cool yeah let's just use that word yeah. then you're going to go with that person yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and, and going more, over and more, remember, more rememberable too yeah exactly because you're going back you met cam years yeah, ago yes. he remembers you and yeah you know, just because mm. you're being cool yeah yeah Number six, DK. Be prepared to do what you need to do. So to do work. Ah, yeah. Be prepared. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, it's um, you know, there's different levels, as I was saying earlier, and and um, it's really hard to go from one to the other. And initially, especially in music, drumming, initially you're going to be playing gigs to nobody. No one's going to care. You're going to be losing money. You're going to be you know, you gotta you take a lot of hits and, and you gotta swallow your pride because you wanna be doing all these awesome things, but you go out and you do your thing and three people rock up and someone yells play A C D C, you know, <laughs> well, at, at your gig or yeah. whatever. Um so you know, you gotta kinda be prepared to put in the work when it's not exactly what you want it to be, but you know you're heading in the direction of where you wanna be. Um for me I always wanted to be playing awesome gigs. That's all I really wanted. I didn't really I never really even thought about the money side of things or anything like that. I just wanted to play awesome gigs mm. with an awesome group. And I uh, just kind of put all my time and energy and focus into that. And, um, you know, I played so many shit gigs on the way 
way up, like mm. shocking gigs. I, I remember my first band, we did a tour in Sydney. Um, we, you know, hired a van, drove up there, and it was at the casino. And it was some guy from this old band or whatever, and he was the promoter and he booked it. And I didn't actually go. The boys went down to do a sound check first and the stage was on like milk crates and like it was unorganised. No one, you know, it was basically in a basement. So we drove to Sydney to play in the basement and we didn't even play. Um, you know, there's lots of shit like that that you that you, that you kind of have to go through to kind of get to where you want to get. Um, do you feel a lot of people that want to go on your journey, they give up too soon? Heaps of people. Yeah, heaps of people, especially mm. with music because it is so disheartening mm. at times because you do want to do these amazing things but it is so freaking hard to get to where you want to get to and, and you do have to, what's the saying, you got to slay a few frogs before you get to your princess if, if your princess is the big gig, you know, you got to kiss a few frogs. But, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people do, do just give up, especially when you get older and, mm. and uh, financial pressures come in and, mm. you know, you've got rent to pay or a mortgage to pay and you might have a family and things like that. Your time gets more precious. Therefore, you know, travelling and playing gigs where you're losing money and no one's there, mm. all of a sudden you're like, fuck, what am I doing this for? Mm. Heaps of people do that. What's your advice? those yeah, people uh, well i think it just comes down to the individual for me personally like i'm of the mindset that i'll and i still am like this i'll just keep going mm. and, and striving harder but i'll be smart about it like i'm not going to do shit gigs like yeah. i'm kind of somewhat past that to this point yeah. there's i'm not going to do that but i've done it you know, yeah. i've done it for years <clears throat> i think a lot of people want to come in and just do the great things straight away as you do mm. but it doesn't work like that and, and even looking back on some of the things i've done like I know that some of the opportunities that came up with me later down the track, I wouldn't have been prepared for if they came to me earlier. I would have sucked, right? Yeah. And that, that was the big thing. I didn't, I didn't know that uh, until some mm. things happened. Mm. Even, for example, the Master Wolf shoot, like that was an incredibly hard drum part mm. and I had to learn it in like a day and it was a, a super expensive shoot and my thought process was around it. You know, we probably did it 10 times to get the, the whole thing put together, right? 10 different takes. Mm. If I stuffed up one of them takes, it's probably, you know, 10 grand a take. Like that's the the cost for something like that. Wow. Um, so if you go in there unprepared and you stuff it up, you, you're done. Whereas, And if that had come to me 10 years ago, I mightn't have been able to play that part because yeah. I've gotten heaps better over the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there is... Pressure as well. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is now a lot of the things that I want to do, I'm able to do them easier because I've done a lot. So it's, it's easy to get things done now. Still hard. But it's, it is easier. Um, but, yeah, I think it's you got to be prepared to go through the shit to get there. Yeah. It's, I'm sure you'd be relating to this right now. It's with, you know, doing your events and things like that. You could be feeling tough, like you're up against it. But then it's like imagine in 10 years' time when you're the king of charities, mm. you're still going to be taking hits, but your hits are going to be bigger. Mm. But you wouldn't be ready for those if you weren't copping hits back here that feel big now mm. but in 10 years time you're going to go thank god i was taking these little hits in yeah. perspective to what you are doing yeah so i think better that's to get them now out mm. of the way and then when you grow mm. and that's the thing isn't it? it's like you just if you push through those hits you see them you don't attach emotion to them you yeah. more so go well that's a lesson i learned this out of it and that prepared me to be where i am now mm. a lot of people quit when it gets hard yeah yeah 100 mm. percent, mate yeah it's um 
anyone who's done anything good, especially with like what you're doing, they've taken hits, mm. oh, heaps of hits along the way. And then you just learn what those hits are and you're like, okay, well, we won't do that again or we won't do that again. 100%. And then you just eliminate them, eliminate them and, until it, it kind of always, it's not always going to work, but most of the time it's going to work. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big thing. I th- I think you only really learn if you do it too. Mm-hmm. Like it's hundred percent. The only way you learn is by doing it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like imagine getting booed on stage, and you know you don't play ACDC and you're getting booed. And yeah, like, <laughs> that feeling. Like, Mate, I do. It's 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 funny because look, I'll jump from Bliss and Esso. I don't do this so much anymore, but maybe you know eight years ago, I'd, I'd jump from Bliss and Esso. So the next day I'd go and do a, a corporate gig with my mate, a, a DJ. It was one specific time, 2017, I was on tour with B&E and we'd, we'd do like sell out in theatre, which is like 2,500 people. You're on stage with Bliss and so people going berserk, sickest show ever. Like, you're like, that, this is unbelievable. Next day I catch a flight to Adelaide, I'm at the V8s playing in the corporate suite. And me and my DJ made a plane and people like, are like, don't want to hear us. They want to watch the cars. They yeah. walk as far away from the stage as possible with their yeah. backs to us and watch the cars go past. You're not playing there to nobody. Yeah. It's like me and my mate, which is fine, yeah. but it's such a just juxtaposition as, as from one gig to the next yeah. and the day after. It's very humbling that's as well. Pretty, yeah, yeah. That's, that's hectic. Yeah. 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 Imagine mindset-wise, like jumping from situation to situation. Yeah. That'd be humbling as well, like you it said. It is, yeah. yeah. And it's, it is very humbling because I, I know that, you know, I'm on stage with Bliss and Esso. It's their it's their thing. It's not yeah. mine. It's theirs. I'm a, I'm a part of it to a degree on 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 the stage, but at any given moment, like I could not be, yeah. you know. And I, and so it keeps you grounded so much. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Man. It is good to do some of those gigs every now and then, just to just to remind yourself. Hey? Yeah, shit, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Because you know and that, that thing with obviously fame to a certain degree, you can get to a point where you think you're bulletproof, but Sometimes it's good just to get you know, knocked <laughs> yeah. back a couple of pegs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll find like drummers are all um, pretty, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a it's a hard instrument. Like you're the, you're fucking loading your drum. You're, you're loading your own drums in and out. You're driving them around. Like it's a it's a shit instrument. Like to be in a band with. And the singer comes and gets all the credit. Yeah, mate, you're there sound checking, you know, <laughs> and then you sweat. You're working so hard on stage, and at the end of it, you got to pack it all down. Yeah. And it's um, yeah. drummers are pretty cool normally. Yeah, I love that because they're all workhorses. Fuck <laughs> 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 like that. Number seven, mate. What have I written? What have I sent through? Have you got it? Or have I got it? Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, mate. Super important. We kind of touched on this. Um, a lot of people stop when it gets hard, or. But, it, you know, I think that some people it's entrenched in them to do something and they'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Some people like the idea of doing it uh, and they're the ones that stop. Mm-hmm. They like the idea of it but when it comes down to crunch time and actually doing it and it's not as uh, fun as you think it is um, or it's harder than you think it is, that's where a lot of people stop. So mm-hmm. if you really think you can do something, just keep doing it. It's like and an endless journey through. sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it still is. And, you know, there's levels to it. There's... There's so many levels to it, you know, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be as a drummer uh, and as, like, a businessman and, and, and everything like that. Like, I'm, I'm kind of nowhere near where I want to be, but I'm way further than where I have come from. Mm. But there's a long way to go. Um, but I think that's cool and I think, you know, it's great to have something to work towards always. always. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember what Michael said last, last podcast um, around, you know, success is hard. 
That's what he said. Success is hard where people look at it and they like the idea, like you said, mm. of success and what it is. Mm. But then when it comes down to actually doing it, it's actually really hard mm. and it's easier to go back into your old habits or yeah. just give up. Yeah. So it's almost like you yeah, really need to be clear on do you really want it mm. and then don't stop. But when it does get hard because it inevitably does, mm. it's you got to embrace that suck. Mm. You've got to really enjoy those hard moments because mm. they're the moments that make the good times really good. Mm. And I keep going back to yourself as well because you're copping hits, but that's going to make it so much sweeter when you've mm. got you've just reached your goals and you're killing it. Mm. And same for yourself, Dan, like you mentioned, mm. you're not where you are, mm. but when you do reach there, mm. I'm sure there will be another level you want to jump to. Yeah. That's part of being a goal exactly. seeking creature. Yeah. But it's without those hits along the way, it, you won't appreciate it as much. Mm. So I think that's all part of part of the journey. Mm. Yeah, it is. Gives you a bit of fuel as well, you know, like when you do cop a knock, you're like, oh, you know, I'll show. It's not showing someone, it's just showing to yourself yeah. that you can get through adversity, right? Mm. Yeah. Because, like, nothing's guaranteed in life. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think that um, always wanting more is it's natural, yeah. you know, and, and it's good. Like, yeah. Um, very grateful for where I am and what I'm mm. doing, but, mm. yeah, always want to be doing more. Even if it is the same thing but doing it better, yeah. doing it a little bit differently, getting better. Like, at the moment... Uh, for example, I'm learning how to, to run a new program that runs the B&E show, does the video, does the audio, does our ears, does all that kind of stuff. So Evolving. even like that, like I'm, I'm getting better at that, which means I'm delivering more value yeah. and, and understanding how the show works better and being able to put on a better show for the people because yeah. I'm understanding how the actual software works and, and 100%. you know, You're that kind of stuff. Like I want to get you know, just way better at that. And then When is the next Blissness O show? That's uh, a good question. Um, you mentioned Freo. Yeah, we've we got some stuff coming up, but nothing's been announced yet. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah keep an eye on Yeah, the boys, we've, geez, we've been playing a lot. We played yeah. a lot last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like we'll be doing a, a little bit more this year and then and then next year too. It's good, man. We're, we're yeah. playing heaps. Yeah, it's so Sick. good, mate. Yeah. Well done, man. That's well, we'll fun. be front row when you get over to WA yeah. for sure, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love going to WA too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good spot. Good venues out there. Um, well, yeah, mate. What a phenomenal chat. Yeah, 100%. Been a ripper, Loved boys. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Thanks mate. for having me, lads. Don't worry. The listeners, there was some adversities along the way, but we got through. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever know. No one will no. ever know. <laughs> no, we got there, lads. Good. Yeah. And what a, yeah. what a venue. Oh, yeah. mate, what a yeah. Shout out to this crew. They're coming um, over to Perth, too, so we'll have to look into, yeah, look into that. Thanks mm. to Cameron Schwab for organising. Yeah, but, um, mate, Success? Yeah, last point. Last point. Do you have your best bit of advice for us, Dan? For success. For success. Or just best bit of advice you've ever you've been ever given. Got. Best bit of advice I've ever been given. Let me throw this one out. And now we can just... Okay, like how's this? So my best mate, Andy, we, we started a band together when we were teenagers. We were 12 when we started. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we went all through high school as a band and then we left high school, moved to Melbourne as a band. Our band moved in together and we would practice in the lounge room. Like, we were dead set. Mean. Especially me and Andy, we were like fully going for it, all right? He's since moved on to be like a, a big time guy in the fitness industry uh, and I've s stuck with drums. Um, but I remember we were recording our first EP uh, and it was with a guy called Cal Tonyma who was like a, an ARIA award-winning producer. And we were like, you know, 19 at the time and that to us was just like wild. This guy's yeah. got a fucking ARIA. Yeah. And um, anyway, he was kind of challenging us because he was making us better, you know, because we were doing things we didn't know weren't great and he was kind of helping us along. And 
and, you know, Andy, I remember Andy was a bit upset one day with, you know, how things were going or whatever. He wasn't like stoked on the vibe or something like that. And, um, you know, Andy would write the songs and, and he would have like, he'd just write down thoughts. And, and um, one day I picked up his, his book and it said, don't cloud your mind with useless thoughts. There's always a broader view, a brighter future. I looked at it. I was like, there's always a broader view, a brighter future. I was like, what's this? He's like, oh, no, no, I just wrote down some shit. It's like, did you write that? He's like, yeah. I was like, that is unbelievable, yeah. mate. Like 20-year-old kid, yeah. there's always a broader view, a brighter future. Awesome. Um, I always think about that. And it kind of goes back to, to what I was saying before. Like don't kind of get trapped in what's immediately in front of you or mm. what seems to be around you. There's always more outside of what you're seeing right now yeah, yeah, yeah. or what where you're thinking or the way you're thinking or what the limit is. There's always more to it. So that's where the origin of that comes. That makes sense now. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of where the origin of that. It yeah. really got me thinking. I was like, fuck, that's quite profound. It is. Yeah. yeah for 20-year-old. 20-year-old just writing it down, yeah. you know. Um, but that's... That's a great bit of advice. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. didn't even give it to me as advice. I just found it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but but I, I've since watched him go on to do really good things, and uh, it all kind of comes down to that, you know. Right. Pretty cool. What, what a great way to positive. Yeah. What a great yeah. way to finish up. Absolutely. And DK, you have a bright future in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Hell Pleasure yeah, to see you. We appreciate you, like you wouldn't believe, and coming on here and helping us out, bro. So, mate, thanks for having me, fellas. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Great to. To get stuck into it, and you've got a chat. podcast as well, hey? I do. It's called Zildjian Chats with Dan Kirby. Zildjian's a drum brand, Zildjian. basically yep. just chatting to legendary Zildjian artists and nice. Yeah, chewy fat. Any musician fans out there, get on it. They probably are already, but Absolutely. yeah, There's we'll plug it all in the um, plug it all in the podcast. So yeah. thank you so awesome. much, mate. You're yeah. a legend, and let's, let's get it. Let's get it.